God is good. And all the time. I can't hear you. I said God is good. And all the time. Praise God. It's a real privilege to be together. Worshipping Christ. Together in this place. I salute my brothers who are leading the churches in this area. May the Lord grant us grace to continue to lift him up and see his kingdom manifest in the earth in a very special way. Somebody say amen to that. I have 25 minutes. So... The slide will come up, please. There are three things I'd like to share in the time I have. And do you mind if we all say them together? One, two, three, go. Celebrating our identity in Christ. Number two, celebrating our oneness in Christ. And three, celebrating our mission in Christ. Okay. Now, the background to the book of Ephesians is that Paul the Apostle is in prison and he's writing to the Ephesian church a letter that was supposed to be read in several other churches and is still relevant for us today. Okay, so he's writing in the Roman prison and he's writing because he's been imprisoned for the gospel's sake. And then he introduces himself as the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. To me, that makes Paul an authentic apostle who encourages devoted disciples to live a Christ-centered life. So we have an authentic apostle writing to devoted disciples to live a Christ-centered life. So, in chapter 4, verse 1, As Paul urges the believers to live a life that is worthy of our call. This is another way to look at it. Look at it in three phrases. Lead a good life or lead a life. Number two, worthy of the calling. And thirdly, you have received. I rephrase the sentence and I start from C. You can say it like this. Because you have received a calling from above. Because of who you are. Live a life worthy of the calling. So Paul is writing from a place where our obedience comes out of our identity. Somebody say with me, our obedience obedience. comes out of our identity. I'm louder than all of you put together. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Our obedience obedience flows out out of our identity. So he reminds the church... That we have been called with a calling from above. And the calling we have received gives us an identity because we are the beloved children of God. And out of that place, he says, as we know the love of God when we have, that we have received from the Father that has changed us when we know that we are loved. He says, you can transform the world around you because you've received a revelation of the love of God. So in the chapter 3, the latter part, he begins to say, I pray that you would experience this love. And he talks about a love that is so wide. 
a love that is so deep, a love that is so long, and a love that is so He says, I pray that you will experience this love. Although it's not possible to know it in fullness, I pray that you will experience this love. Because those who experience this love, who know their identity, whose roots are growing down deeper in the love of God, who have been transformed by the love of God, are able, out of that identity, I recognize, number one, it comes from above. So, Paul is saying to us that you have received by grace your identity from heaven. And out of that, by faith, you can live a life of obedience. Then he goes on to say, celebrate your oneness. How do we do that? It comes on the backdrop of our understanding of our identity in Christ. So, it's a truth, but it's also a challenge. The truth is, we are already the children of God. The truth is, we have our identity in Christ. The challenge is, and I ask it on on the slide, do we really believe it? Do we really believe this? That we are the children of God whose identity comes from him. So, Paul, on that basis, begins to say to us, that celebrate your oneness so he commands that we should always be humble and gentle patient with one another and making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit this is the way to understand it we already have the unity of the spirit because we are in christ amen i'll say that again we already have the unity of the spirit because we are in Christ. We're not trying to create something. We already have it. Because by identity, we have been made the children of God. We are the same father. As a result, he says, because you're in the same family, you have an identity. You already have a unity of the spirit. But it's our responsibility to keep it. What was the last thing you and I did something that disturbed the peace of the community in which we're in? By an attitude, by something we said, somebody we criticized, somebody we didn't pray for, and it's very quick to identify what goes wrong. I'm believing God. I believe God is looking for a people who are so full of love for one another. We build one another up rather than tear one another down. Am I speaking to anybody here? So he says, keep the unity of the spirit. Nudge somebody and tell them, keep. Keep. Keep the unity. Keep the unity. Keep the unity. He said, keep the unity of the spirit. Because you already have it. You are already united in Christ by his grace. You have a new identity in Christ. And because of that, you are now in one family. Then he breaks it down in seven parts. I like it. He says you are one body. 
There is one body. There's a reason why we keep the unity of the spirit. Because there's only one body. Number two, there's only one spirit. Number three, there's only one hope. Number four, there's only one Lord. There's number five, there's only one faith. Number six, one baptism. And number seven, one Father, one God and Father of us all. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Come on. He says we are one body, one spirit. We have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is working in and through all. Beloved, this is good news. Somebody say yes. Yes. This is good news. We have one identity that comes from him. And we are one body. It's time to celebrate that. Sometimes we focus on the difference when the Lord says, you guys have more in common than even you recognize. We've got one father. Simon, do you mind? You stand beside me. Simon is my older brother. All those those of you who've already tweeted me this morning or sent me a message saying, I need a shirt like Harold, please shout now. Hey, come on, own up. Yes. So, Simon is my senior brother from a different mother. (laughs) Rod, if you stand by me. We are brothers in the Lord. It's just somehow our skin tan... (laughs) our skin tan is a bit different but we're brothers and sisters in the Lord somebody give the Lord so on that basis after saying to us we have one identity and that we should celebrate it and we have this Oneness in, the, in Christ, therefore we should celebrate it. He then reminds us that there's one mission in Christ. And there's a lot. Time will not allow me to break all of them down, but I would attempt to share a few with us. So Paul then begins to build out of that truth of our oneness. And he says, in verse 7 of chapter 4, that we have all been given a gift from the Lord. He has distributed his gifts in the church. And out of this, out of what we have received, we have a mission to fulfill. Number one, to equip the saints. There are a lot of them, but I'll just go through a few. To equip the saints. When the church is functioning well, equipping the saints become priority to our discipleship front. Number two, he says, continue in faith. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three is to mature in the truth. Number four is to grow in love. Number five is to live as light. And number five, number six, to destroy the works of the evil one. I could break them down and each of them would take a while to expand. But to remind us that Our identity comes from him. And because we have an identity in him, we are able to celebrate our oneness. And out of our understanding of our oneness, 
He then says to us, you have a mission to fulfill. So the mission to those of us who are involved in leadership, especially, he reminds us, keep the main thing, the main thing. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And as this goes on, the body becomes empowered and continues in faith and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as this continues, the body matures in the truth. Therefore, infants are few. There are less baby wimps who are moving from here and there, complaining about everything, but they are growing, they are rooted, they are making it happen, and they are making the kingdom advance. He says, mature in the truth and grow in love. I think that's something we should encourage one another. Grow in love. Why not turn to two or three people and say to them, grow in love. Grow in love. Grow in love. Grow in love. And then he commands us, live as children of light. Live as the light. And then we're reminded, obviously, in chapter 6, that we have been clothed with grace from above. That we can, by the help of the Holy Spirit, destroy the works of the evil one in the world. Our mission is towards him, towards one another, and towards the world in which we find ourselves. What is the sphere of your influence? Who are you rubbing shoulders with? The Lord will say to us all, you have a mission to fulfill. But remember, your identity comes from him first. We don't go out on a mission not realizing who we are. We remember that we... We receive grace from him, but by faith we can do all things who through Christ who strengthens us. And even when we falter, when we stumble on the way, we pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves, and we keep going again. I don't know, I'm speaking to somebody here. You stumbled along the way. The Lord will encourage you, stand up, shake yourself off, and rise up again, and begin to run for the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus will remind his church, I am depending on you to extend my kingdom here on earth if you please bring my powerpoint the truth and the challenge I asked three questions what would our life if we really believe that our identity comes from him what would the church look like If we really believed that our oneness is in him. And what would the world look like? If we really believed that our mission is for him. Praise God we're on a journey. And he's such a gracious God. But he's calling for believing believers to rise up. People who believe him for what he has said and the mission he's called us to fulfill. Finally, a prayer of agreement. But if we go into Ephesians chapter 3, I just want to read Paul's prayer and I'll finish on that note. Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. Paul is loaded with stuff. 
He's loaded with truth. He's praying for the church. He's praying that we would recognize some amazing truths. And he summarizes his prayer in a few words. After saying in chapter 3, the division between the, the wall of division between the Gentile and the Jew is broken. In chapter 2, reminding us that we were once dead, but now we are alive in Christ Jesus. And in chapter 1, reminding us we've been chosen, we've been adopted, we've been redeemed, we've been forgiven, we've received an inheritance, and we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He builds on all of this. And then he goes on his knees and he says, this is my prayer. For all the reasons I've given and more that I can't even express in words, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray, oh, what a prayer to pray. I pray that out of his glorious, oh, Lord, I can preach on this for a week. Out of his glorious riches that he might strengthen you. God wants his church to be strong. He might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner man. Oh, wow. Oh, glory. So that Christ, so that Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, you, I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. For you. For you, Paul is saying, I pray for the church. I pray for you. You. Don't disqualify yourself. He says, I pray for you. That being rooted and established in love, you may have power together with all the saints, Burlington, ICC, St. Matthews, the body of Christ in Ipswich, the wider church, you all, and I, I see, all of you, he says, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You mind if we stand, please? I'd like us to to pray the prayer of agreement together and I'll be done. Do you mind if we just pray this prayer of agreement together? One, two, three, go. Father, that is so high, so deep, so wide, and so long. We can't fully comprehend it, but we can experience it. Thank you that you are able to do far more than we can ever ask or imagine. May you always be glorified in and through your church to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give the Lord a clap of praise.